us now on the telephone, Dan Ives, Managing Director, Equity Research, Wedbush Securities. Dan, I'm so glad you're here. First of all, you were the very first person to tell me Tesla 1000. And you'd been saying it, you can tell me the first time you made that call, but I remember it was at 600 bucks. I remember telling my children, Dan Ives said 1000 bucks for Tesla. Um, you know, how long have you been calling for that? And we certainly broke through that. Well, yeah, no, and, and, and obviously there was a five for one split, right? So you're looking at the stock really split adjusted, you know, it's about 5,000. And look, I mean, my view is a trillion is not a fad. In other words, this is a company that more and more of the street are starting to realize that this green tidal wave is real. And, and I think that's, that's how you're starting to see this re-rating in Tesla's stock. And of course, the Hertz deal, I continue to use a tipping point in terms of overall demand. I mean, the Hertz deal is unbelievable. This is the most EVs ever ordered, right? 100,000 for Hertz and 50,000 of those going to Uber drivers. It is only the beginning in the world of EVs. Um, I'm not sure. This, does this open up for other fleets? For what? For what could possibly come next? Well, I mean, and you're talking about 2 million cars, right? So, so this is just another broader opportunity that Tesla and ultimately down the road Ford and GM will go after in terms of EVs. And, and in the U.S., it's still 2% automotive is EVs today. And, and we think that's going to 10% by 2025. Now, obviously, that's why GM going through, obviously, you know, clear sort of short-term pain for long-term gain, which I think is a big, big part of the transformation that Mary's leading at GM. But this is something where it's the biggest changes to the auto industry since the 1950s. And Tesla, in the EV, in EV land, Tesla's world and everyone else paying rent at this point. And so when you talk about competition, Tesla's able to raise prices despite competition. Um, we've seen other automakers having to raise prices too. Tell me more about Tesla's growth going forward and the competitors in the EV world. Are there any really, at least in the near term? Well, and also it's not a zero-sum game. I mean, in other words, we talk about a $5 trillion market over the next decade. Many are going to benefit. GM, Ford, among others, VW, pure plays like Lucid Motors, Faraday, and others. And, you know, and, and I think when you look at Tesla, I mean, they have an ironclad ownership of, of EVs today. But what you're starting to see now is that more and more adoption starting to really ratchet up. I mean, let's call it 900,000 vehicles this year. Now with capacity build-outs in Berlin and Austin, that could be 2 million next year. And I think it actually doubles the next one to two years after that. And I think that's how this story really starts to change, because also it's the margin. It's the margin story starting to take hold. That's the difference yes. in the story. And it comes down to the haters will hate. They hated it at 100 bucks. They'll hate it split adjusted at 5000 But those are the same people. If they were NFL scouts, they were probably negative on Tom Brady in the 2000 draft. <laughs> good. That's a good analogy. So, where do you think it? What's your bull case now? Because your new price target's eleven hundred. Where I saw it at ten ninety four. So we're there. What's your new bull case? Well, bull case is fifteen hundred, and I believe fifteen hundred. It's fifteen hundred. I think this is just a march 
to eventually, when we look out the next you know, 18, 24 months, there's no reason this can't go to a $2 trillion market cap, just given what we're seeing in EV demand. And, and it speaks to our thesis. This is a fourth industrial revolution that's playing out in front of us. And Tesla, obviously, you know, on, on EVs now, I think just more taking notice as to what's happening. And it's real because now you're starting to see it show up in the numbers. There's so many parts of Tesla that are interesting, right? Um, the robo-taxi plan, that's something that I know you wanted to talk about. Um, battery storage facilities, that would be something else. Charging assets. Um, you talked about margins. For example, in Shanghai, they put out more they put out more cars in Shanghai and they sold them in China and they did more, they did exceptionally well. So you have Berlin and Austin. Those are some more um, factories coming down the pipe. What really sticks out to you for Tesla that we need to focus on? I think what sticks out now is their biggest constrained supply. I mean, right now, demand's outstripping supply by, by, by about 10 to 15%. What helps on the way in terms of what you're seeing with the Austin Berlin build out? And, of course, China, think about earlier this year, demand headwinds, now they're tailwinds. So I think if supply comes on board, then what you're going to start to see take hold is the next leg of the EV story, not just for Tesla, but it also speaks to our view on a GM. I mean, selling GM today is a comedy show because I view that's a stock that ultimately could be a double in the next 12 to 18 months on EV. So I'd rather them spend on that transformation, given to where it's all going on the conversion and, and that's sort of our broader view on, on EVs. And obviously, Tesla is the first step, but I think this is just part mm -hmm. of a broader theme. Right. You still have, I want to switch gears, Dan, only because you always do these great checks on Apple. Still have a bullish scenario here for Apple ahead of the earnings? Oh, I mean, I think it's, I mean, there's a company on its march to $3 trillion. And I, I mean, you talk about chip shortage and worries about December. It goes back, demands outstrip and supply by, in iPhone 13 by 7 to 10 million units. So I don't look at a chip shortage as a supply issue, a reason to be negative. Right now, they're in the midst of the strongest product cycle in the last decade. Services is going to continue to accelerate. And I think it's more and more a re-rating story that happens over the next six to, to nine months. And this is one we continue, it continues to be our favorite tech stock. And it's one where, you know, what I love about Apple is that they just continue to prove the doubters wrong. And that's what they're doing yet again. Um, you know, even when they're, if you look at this product cycle, think about chip shortage. I just got my AirPods 3 last night. So here it is like, you know, the company's introduced some two new products, Max AirPods they're able to get it to customer's door because they're showing their muscles in the supply chain. Right, and you know, all the suppliers too, as you said, they're showing their muscle. The suppliers don't want to disappoint Apple, so they're making sure to take care of them some way, somehow. Dan, what's your target on Apple these days? 185, bull case 215. Yeah, it's always nice to chat with you. Enjoy those new AirPods, too. Dan Ives, I love when you come on the show. Thank you always for making the time to be on with us and give us an outlook and explain everything in a way that we couldn't even get to. Thank you, Dan Ives of Wedbush. Thank you. Thanks.